This episode of Nerd Cognito is brought to you by The Marriage of Demethro, courtesy of Adventure Delivered. Are you ready to start on a thrilling adventure that will take you on a huge journey through a grand manor full of mystery and danger? Join heroes as they unravel the secrets behind The Marriage of Demethro. Battle fierce enemies, solve puzzles, and discover hidden treasures. Will you be able to help Lady Lara save the day? Find out now and experience the thrill of the marriage of Demethro. Available courtesy of Adventure Delivered. Get your copy today on Kickstarter. Just search for Marriage of Demethro, D-I-M-E-T-H-R-O, or Adventure Delivered. It's a fast-paced, fun-filled adventure that we know you are going to love. From our friends at Cardboard Knights and Adventure Delivered. Now, on with the show. Hey, 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 thank you for tuning in. My name is Ryan David, and you are listening to this week's Nerd Cognito. Um, I am joined, as always, by Bert. Well, I can't say as always. I am joined this week by Bert. Hey, Bert, what's going on? Hey, Ryan, how's it going? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, we missed you last week. Uh, I know you had a family deal, and life comes first. We always say that. Uh, Eric Jensen, the daydream tiger himself, uh, sat in for you. Uh, you missed a big one, Bert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I was uh, I was not happy that I had to miss it, but you're right. You know, family stuff comes first. Oh, that's all right. Now, you know, um, we... Uh, I've always been fans of the Red Room and friends of the Red Room, and right. it's it's just a shitty, shitty situation. Uh, I've touched base with them online. Uh, things are exactly what you would expect. Um, so terrible. So terrible, and not a lot more information has popped out, you know, uh, Miguel's released all of his stuff, Sylvia's released all of their communications, and uh, drive through. Uh, they actually wrote a, a a retort email, which they publicly released to drive through, um, and said, "Look, we know that you're getting bombarded by emails from our fans. We want you to know we didn't ask them to do this, uh, and that's true. At no time in any media, uh, especially on their exclusive here on Nerd Cognito, they never said." for anyone to contact drive through uh, right. they, they really did take the high road and drive through had kind of a response that is icky. Uh, they said, well, clearly confidentiality doesn't matter to you. And you were mean to our people. And we don't have any proof that you were mean to our people, but we're saying that you were mean to our people and you're not important enough for us to back anything up. So go pound salt. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, but wow, yeah, it's it's rough, and I get it. They are the quasi monopoly. They're the place to be. It's their playpen and their rules. But man, man, it it really it leaves a bad taste in the mouth. So absolutely, it does. You know, for a company to just say because uh, we said so is. You know, is always a rough <laughs> pill to swallow. Oh, well, you know, I was off of Twitter for what three, four months because they said so. So, 
Thank you, St. Elon, for bringing it back. Uh, make sure to follow me at I Hate Ryan David. <laughs> anyway, um, How are you back on? I, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. You're not in the social medias because you are sane. Right. But right, I, 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 got I tend a, to be a hermit. I yeah. got a reinstatement letter two weeks ago from Twitter. and Oh, my. It said, uh, your suspension was reviewed. Go here. Uh Click here, here, and here, and whammo, bammo, sparkle trolls, knees be clanking, because I am back. So, um, yeah, it was was a pleasant surprise. Uh, I don't know that I will ever fully embrace it again, though, because I kind of liked not being full-time all the time on Twitter. I leave that for Gabby and Mia now, so. Right, I mean, the you know. The uh, the ladies who handle our Twitter, you know, I God was going to say, them. what is it? What is it? What does this mean for them? Are they going to lay off the uh, Sparkle Troll no. stuff and let you have all your segments? No, back? no, 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 oh, no, 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 no. I I bequeath those on the uh, for the good of the show. Um, I I I'm back. I'm interacting with the friends that I have, but um, I'm only you know half pregnant this time, so. <laughs> Uh, you also uh, missed a week that we actually were, were calling for. We didn't talk about a certain someone last week. I bet we're talking about him this week, though, because uh, I'm here. Oh, <laughs> we are. We are indeed. <laughs> they couldn't keep their mouth shut for two weeks in a row now, Bert. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about Wizards of the Coast, and that's going to be our front end. And then on the back end, we're going to take it light and delightful and talk about snacks at the gaming table because we're two big fat guys. I mean, there is that. We do like to eat. We do like to eat. Um, anything exciting come down your pike this week? Oh, I, I, I had a pretty full week, two gaming sessions, uh, a charity event and, uh, a board game session. So, you know, full week for me. Yeah, I, I did not, um, I'm not going to lie. I'm faking it really well right now. I had my uh, chemo infusion earlier, and that kicks my ass for uh, about a week, week and a half. Right. Yeah, you're always dead afterwards. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm faking it now. I was was on uh, T-shirted's actual play, you know, where Grim and I are kicking around in Scarlet Heroes. Randy from Big Geek Emporium uh, joined us. Too, which was awesome, and Ironcaster popped in at the end. Uh, so shout out to all of those folks. And at halftime, I just knew that I was dog shit, and I had to to step out and went took a nap. And uh, I just can't fathom that I'm that fun to play with when when a my brain is more Swiss cheese than it usually is, and b <laughs> I just I, I it it pains me to be on. Uh, for for that extended period of time uh, when I'm feeling the way that I am. so Yeah, I mean, I've played board games with you after the infusion, and sometimes it seems like you're just going to drop right there at the table and just fall asleep. Yeah, it's, 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 it's no fun. And I'm not, you know, begging for sympathy here. I, I certainly don't want sympathy. If you're going to do anything, Venmo some cash to, to Nerd Cognito. We're going to pay the, the hosting bills later this month. But... Um, yeah, it's it's not begging for for anything. It's just I physically 
can't after it does it. And thank God it's only twice a year. Um, right. But man, <laughs> it's a hell of a time twice a year. So uh, if you need to poke me with a stick and wake me up tonight, uh, feel free. Coffee for you, my friend. Uh, I can't. I, I need to sleep. I, I, I've got, whether I want to or not, business that needs to be taken care of tomorrow. So um, as much as I would love to lounge in bed, uh, there are better fish to fry, if I can quote the great Christopher Walken in Batman Returns. Uh, <laughs> I did. What did you think of Batman Returns? Um... I liked Christopher Walken, but then I like him in most anything. It was, uh, it was kind of weird. It was, it felt like a comedy, but it also felt like it was trying to be serious. And right. so it, it wound up being kind of neither. I think that of that vein of Batman movies, it was the best sequel without a doubt. <laughs> well, I mean, look at what you're going. Well, look what came after it. Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Well, I mean, you know, that's. Not a tough act to say it was second best. No, well, no, let's look at it in a grander scheme. Michelle Pfeiffer, best on screen, big screen portrayal of Catwoman to this day. Uh, Danny DeVito's Penguin was great. It was over the top. The script wasn't great, but if you take the elements and look at them on their own, they all still hold up. So uh, that's fair. Plus, you know, I wanted to, like, go to the disused zoo. I thought that was a great evil villain lair. <laughs> I, I did like that. I did like that. Uh, Max you know? Shrek, Chris Walken's character, was actually the weakest of the villains in that in that movie. So, eh. Well, he, was, he wasn't as over, top, uh, over the top as the other ones, which is unusual for Walken. So that's... <laughs> Uh, you know what is over the top? What's that? Druid's wild shape changing into a owl bear, as featured in the trailer for the upcoming movie that no one should pay a fucking dime to go see, the D&D movie, because well, not anyone... one more GP should go to Wizards or Hasbro until they get their shit together. Uh, now... I was going to say, anybody who's played D&D for decades like us knows that a druid can't wild shape into an owlbear. An owlbear is a magical beast, and druid wild shape is only for animals. <laughs> well, you know, they took a lot of ire when that trailer launched from the community because the movie, in their own words, and I'm paraphrasing, right, but was, you know, supposed to have these little nods and winks to players that they're going to see the rules come out and, and interplay and metagaming come out through the, the film, and then they do that. Well, well, not to be outdone, instead of saying, no, we did, you know, this was a Hollywood thing, we're going to just change the D&D rules. <laughs> and now, in the public playtest that's out for one D and D and beyond, right? Uh, anything goes, anything goes. You can wild shape pretty much into whatever you want, but here's the caveat. You don't get the stat block from the monster. You don't get the hit dice from the monster. You're, well, you're, that yeah, you're, you looking very fearsome, but you're all sizzle and no steak. 
Well, I mean, that's terrible because the whole point of a druid's wild shape is to be able to take on animal aspects. Does that mean if you wild shape into a dolphin, you can't swim? Uh, I would imagine that you can swim with a successful check, but you're not breathing underwater as I... (laughs) Um, Well... Let me let me give you some some finer points, right? Okay. Players are restricted to becoming a beast of small, medium, or large size, mm-hmm. and all with the same stat block. So you do not benefit from size or ability from different beasts. Okay. So no strength of the bear, speed of the mountain lion, whatever. Right. Well, why bother? Right. It's, yeah, I mean, what's the point? You might as well just stay a druid, stay a person all the time. And they had an easy out, too. You know what the easy out was? Uh, that druid didn't wild shape into the owlbear. He polymorphed into it. That was their out. and they That, didn't that t- was an easy out, yeah. <laughs> it's an easy out. And uh, they didn't take it. All this to float a movie that they are releasing in their worst PR period Ever, I and I. It's a shame. I honestly one of my favorite classes. Yeah, I like druids. Um, it's been a while since I've had a chance to play one. I don't think I've played one since. Oh, maybe I played one back in the four E days, but um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's uh, it's it's not looking good for wizards. I mean, we're just clawing at resources and showing how obtuse we are to our core fan base. So Pathfinder Druids from now on? <laughs> um, you know, I'm no fan of Pathfinder, but yeah, as a class, it's a much more palatable Druid. So right. whatever. It's it's clearly just a scramble so that they can have some sort of face on this so that they don't take shit online for that ability not matching up, right? And it's it's quite frankly too late because the the tornado had already died down. That trailer is old news now. Right, so are we going to see uh, you know some sort of announcement next that, oh no, it was always in our intentions to change the rules of druids, and the movie reflects that? Well, you know, it depends on how the whirlwind tour of Kyle <laughs> continues, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, you're going to love this. I mean, I, I got nothing more to say about druids. I'm ready to, to take you down this path, because um, and, and unless you, you want to go into a druid rabbit hole here um, no no it's fine I, i've played i've played half a dozen druids in my lifetime i guess i can stop i want to um, i want to talk about dark sun which i know has a special uh, place in your heart the f- very first system i ever played for D was dark sun it was brutal and beautiful and uh totally different than you know the high fantasy campaigns that i had uh, participated in the first dm session i ever did was after i got my dark sun books well hold on to those dark sun books bert because uh they are going to be even more valuable than they are right now because you also were spared dark sun will not be touched by wizards of the coast 
Okay. But for the wrong reasons. Like, I'm... Uh, 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 Sigh of relief, right? My right, heart I mean, got ripped out be... of my chest when they destroyed Spelljammer. Right, right. I'm, uh, I, I thought you were going to tell me they're releasing a Dark Sun supplement, and then I was just going to go and cry in a corner somewhere. No, 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 no. Quasi-racist Kyle Brink is still hopping on random streams um, of the Sparkle Troll variety and shoving his foot in his throat hole as far and as hard as he possibly can. Uh, And I'll quote. I'll be frank here. The Dark Sun setting is problematic in a lot of ways and that's the reason we haven't come back to it we know it's got a huge fan following and we have standards today that make it extraordinarily hard to be true to the source material and meet our ethical and inclusion standards Hmm. (sighs) well i mean it, it was a brutal setting it wasn't for everyone and uh you know, we when I first ran it, I had a guy drop out because it wasn't what he was expecting, but it still was, you know, a lot of fun. Survival against all odds and, you know, sort of that limited resources, dying world aesthetic. Okay, but uh, I'm, I'm going to go through the Sparkle Troll buzzword checklist. Ready? Okay. Problematic. Yep, there we go. Okay. Um, Inclusion standards. Ethical. I mean, we're just applying blanket statements to this setting. What is is problematic? Uh, Oh, are we going back to there's potentially slavers? I thought that we put that to bed. Or is that carousel coming around again? Um, the last time I checked, it was post-apocalyptic survival by any means. Uh, is it possibly a climate change thing? This is really hard for me to do without getting political, Bert. Mm. I mean, yeah, you, you have a point. I mean, the, the question is, you know, what do they find problematic about the setting? Um you know, I, I don't think that it would be impossible to update that setting for a modern. I mean, if the Fallout, uh, you know, role-playing game could come out, there's no reason that Dark Sun couldn't come out. You know what I mean? I have no idea because it's all doublespeak. It's all buzzwords and blitz from Brink. And um, I, I maybe, maybe he is... A useful idiot. Maybe that's why he's still employed. Hmm. Because he can keep saying things like this and divert. Oh no 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 no. We we can forget that he said white guys need to exit the hobby now because oh well, Dark Sun is problematic. I mean, he is a really useful corporate idiot. Uh, we we could forget the OGL because white guys should exit the hobby. It's a pattern. <laughs> Right, right. It's almost like look over there, look over there, look over there. Look at that thing. Get get ex- get uh, get mad about that. Yeah. Uh, Dark Sun co-creator Troy Denning actually uh, took a few interviews and okay. was very 
diplomatic and neutral. I was actually surprised, right? Quote, I think that if they reissued Dark Sun and asked me to do it, I would want to take a careful look and make sure that stereotypes were not being used negatively and that we were avoiding stereotypes as much as possible. Mm -hmm. I'm proud of everything I did in Dark Sun, but that's not to say I couldn't do it better now. Very neutral, <laughs> right? <laughs> right, right. I mean, it is very neutral, but, you know, for a creator, I would, especially a creator that, you know, has worked with or is hoping to maybe work with Wizards again, I would expect him to be diplomatic. Yeah, but what are the odds that they are going to release their power grip on all of their IPs and, and even bring someone from the originals back. We saw what happened with Dragonlance. True. Right? They, The original designers weren't even consulted. So... Mm-mm-mm-mm. What was your favorite Dark Sun adventure? Ooh. That is, that is a tough one. I started with just the um, the campaign setting itself and the specialized monster manual. So we did a lot of homebrew stuff. I've run a couple of uh, the modules over the years. Uh, but my favorite was probably Dragon's Crown, maybe. Okay, okay. They're all very good. Um, mine was a small one that came with the, the original bundle, um, A Little Knowledge. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. A little knowledge was actually really, really <laughs> great for like a segment you basically got for nothing. Like you never expected to see something it, it, it you was, know, that quality. Hey, welcome to Dark Sun. You're going to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, but that's my style. I don't think that's news to anybody. Yeah. It's not news to anybody, Bert. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Time for the news. Time for the news. Hey, hey! Last week, uh, Eric was hip to the shtick. <laughs> <laughs> we went right in. The news hit. The music hit. He, he was like, "Yeah, you said news." I said, "I sure did." I was like, uh, "Warm the cockles of my cold black heart." Uh, What's in the news this week, Ryan? Well, Gloomhaven is no longer the top game. According to the mystery algorithm of Board Game Geek, there is a new number one game that has clawed its way past the big beast, and I can't say I disagree with it. Really? What's the uh, what's the game? The game that has finally eked past Gloomhaven is Brass Birmingham. Oh, we loved Brass Birmingham when we played it. We sure did. In fact, there is an episode, check back in the archives, and you can hear our review of Brass Birmingham. But slow and steady, it just was like the tortoise and the hare, man, and Brass Birmingham has finally dethroned the juggernaut that is Gloomhaven. So good for them. I think it was a very, very good game. We said it in our inter- or in our review that it was one of the few games where we understood every design choice that was made. And even if we had things that we said you could do instead of, we didn't know that they would make it any better. Right. 
we both agree that, you know, the game as is, is very good. They could have done some things different, but I, we don't know that that would have improved anything. Right. And it's um, very, very interesting that, that it took it over. I, I really didn't see it coming, um, but yeah. Uh, Gloomhaven and Brass Birmingham are duking it out, and Birmingham has it edged out, uh, well, by less than a tenth of a point. So, <laughs> I mean, I would pick Brass Birmingham over uh, Gloomhaven myself. So, I, I, I love Gloomhaven, but I really liked Brass Birmingham much, much better. So, um, yeah, it's interesting, and it's been a, a horse race ever since. There's been flip-flopping, you know, Gloomhaven lost that ground, and then gained it back, and now has fallen and fallen, and the last time I checked, it was down to third place. So, uh, people are definitely skewing their ratings, and that's why board game geek scores don't mean a damn. <laughs> That is true. So, uh, either way, they're both very good quality games. Um, uh, I'm not shitting on Board Game Geek and their scores. I mean, everybody uses them as a point of reference. But I think the fact that the algorithm is behind lock and key and nobody knows what the factors are in that ranking system always leads something to be questioned so uh, right i mean anything that's not transparent always you should always take with a grain of salt and uh, on the other side of the coin releasing the criteria for the algorithm will allow people to game it so uh, it's it's a no-win situation but the, the truth of the matter is it still relies heavily on user scores and we know that there are segments of all of our nerdy hobbies that tend to overreact just a little bit. So, um, good yeah, for Brass Birmingham. Great game. Uh, pick it up and definitely go back in the archives and check out our review. If you on defense, but um, it's it's not a cheap game. It's not a crazy expensive game, but it's a really solid game. So uh, that's that's where we'll leave it for now. There's definitely more of Bert and I talking about it if you are so inclined to go and listen. Keeping on the same track as best, I got a list for you, Bert. Oh, boy. You know how much we love those lists. Oh, I do. I do. The best RPG board games that you can play right now in 2023 that are still in print. And I think that that's a good criteria. Right. I mean, you know, you could have a, an amazing game, but if it's been out of print, you're going to be hard-pressed to come across a copy. Of course, on the list, they have two games that are out of print. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to skip those games because I know just looking at them that this game is not in print. <laughs> so... Okay. um Starting at the top of the list is the big bad, Gloomhaven, which I think we've talked about uh, sure. a lot in the past. But if you're looking for a board game DM-less role-playing dungeon-crawling experience, Gloomhaven is definitely the the big 
the big dog in that in that fight. So, um, runner up to it, if you want someone who is going to control your big bads, is Hero Quest. Um, it was a Grail game for many players for a really long time, just because it was hard to get. Because if you didn't have your copy from the original run back in the day, you paid a pretty penny for Hero Quest. Uh, oh yeah, I had a copy way back when. Yeah, and it's back. In fact, Mikey has been picking up Hero Quest. I think he finally hit the brakes, and he said, uh, "Last time I was talking to him, bro, I can't keep buying these Hero Quest expansions, man. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm never gonna play it. So um, it's definitely a nostalgia grab." Um, the gameplay hasn't changed. It's the same game, and it's good, but it's dated. And uh, uh, everyone, it's a good dungeon crawler if you oh, want yeah. someone to run the bad guys. Right. Right. I, I always had fun with it. We played it, you know, for uh, fill-ins between game between D and D session for all kinds of different things back in the day. If you want a uh, RPG-ish board game that scratches that Lovecraftian itch, according to this list, um, which is a list published by Wargamer, um, Arkham Horror the Card Game would be their choice. I Why? don't know that I would pick that. Um, there's just so many expansions and mini boxes and cards. And I mean, I guess if you're specifically looking for a card game and you want those things, uh, it would be a good choice. But I think that there are far better Lovecraftian choices that you could make. Absolutely. Um, Do you want one that's in print that's easy? I mean, Unfathomable comes to mind. Unfathomable is, is a great co-op. Uh, even Arkham Horror Third Edition, is, oh, yeah. it's it took what used to be a five plus hour marathon and pared it down to three hours. That's still very palatable. Um, Eldritch Horror, but all of the expansions are out of print. So uh, Elder Sign, I can't steer people. I never was a fan of Elder Sign. It was too light. Okay. Here's one that we haven't played, and it's on my watch list. Detective City of Angels. I've never even heard of that one. Yeah, you're a uh, noir, glory, power-hungry detective working against each other, trying to solve a case. Um, that might be interesting. I do like noir settings for, like, films and, you know, role-play or uh, tabletop games, so might be fun with a board game. Right, you really take on the role of these competing detectives, and uh, table talk uh, it can make or break this game, so it does require the right group. But uh, it's it's a little tongue-in-cheek, and a little screw-your-neighbor, and a lot of thinky-in-puzzle. So um, it's it's on my list. Whether or not we'll we'll actually get it to the table is yet to be seen. The the last one on the list before I exclude the the out of print beast is uh, Escape the Dark Castle, which is a 
quick shorty. Mm-hmm. It plays in less than an hour, and it is half role play, half shared storybook through a deck of cards and a roll and write. Each round, you play as a prisoner trying to get out of the dark castle, right? You're in the dungeon, and you right. make choices and roll challenges, and at the end of the round, you pick another player to turn over a chapter card, and then they do the same, and then they do the same, and then they do the same. It's beginner. It's uh, a friendly version of Choose Your Own Adventure. Right. So um, they also have a space-themed one, if sci-fi is more your jam than fantasy, but roll and write. So that's their list. You know, not a terrible list. Not, I have to ask, though, what are the two that are out of print that they included? Uh, they had Eldritch Horror and Kingdom Death Monster. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, KDM. Yeah. I, is it technically out of print? I don't know, but it's you're looking at north of $500 if you want to be a completionist. Mm. Plus, you have to construct and then subsequently paint the minis. Uh, no. Can't recommend KDM unless you're buying it for the art piece, right? Right, right. I mean, I, I guess, I guess there are still some people out there who would pay that price to complete it, but it's not something that I would spend my money on when there are so many board games out there. Right. I agree. Last week, uh, Eric Jensen and I talked about the Road Doll books and the brutalization and anal rape that Penguin is giving the text treatment through their revisions. Well, we weren't the only ones that talked about that, Bert. Apparently, a lot of people were not happy. <laughs> right. I, 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 had, uh, I had seen a few things about that. You definitely weren't the only ones talking about it. Uh, Penguin Random House has announced that it will now publish, quote, classic versions of the Road Doll children's novels after the criticism... And hellfire has rained down on them. So down the road, you will see the, quote, Road Doll Classic Collection. <laughs> so readers will, quote, be free to choose which version of Doll's stories they prefer. Quite frankly, the man hated children and was not a good dude by any stretch of the imagination. If no, you have, he wrote interesting books. He wrote interesting books, but if you have any inhibitions about the, you know, his philosophy invading your child, you won't want him, your child, reading the books. Period. Uh, so, uh, the edits still make no sense to me whatsoever. I'm curious to see if some of the already in place edits that were made while he was still alive are in the classic or if they're rolling it all the way back. So well, that's an interesting idea. We'll see. We'll see. I still say if you can get a copy before those original edits, um, or I guess the first round of edits happened, that would be like the penultimate copy. So I don't know why I chose the word penultimate. That's second um. best. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. There's your $5 word this week, penultimate. Yeah, so it's an interesting choice there. I thought maybe you were just uh, 
you know, now that you've invented a word, maybe you were upping your vocabulary. No, 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 no. I I don't know what I'm doing. <clears throat> I got a lot of drugs going through my body right now, and I'm trying to stay awake. <laughs> uh, last story of the week. Uh, were you a fan of Blood Bowl? Um, yes and no. I mean, like, you know, like anybody, you know, when you're a kid, you know, growing up in the time period that we did, sort of that ultra violence thing was kind of cool because it was, you know, new and not in everything. So, and it was Games Workshop, that, right? Right. And for, so, for that reason, I was kind of into it. But yeah, I mean, the super violence and things like that was kind of a novelty back then. It wasn't as widespread as it is now. So I was into it kind of for that, but it was never on my top five list or anything. Dan and I used to play the, the original board game version of it. The, the games workshop pieces, dudes on a map thing. And, uh, we, uh, had our little teams and picked our little league and, yeah. And then I remember they converted it to the video game. Right. And this last week, the third iteration of the video game released and the reception was just about as brutal as a typical blood bowl match. <laughs> <laughs> really? Uh, steam has it at mostly negative right now. <laughs> and the biggest thing is blood bowl three is leaning heavy into microtransactions. Oh no. <clears throat> Not, That's never a good thing. Not only that, but there are infinite loading errors, means that some people can't even launch or play the game. And uh, it's been patched several times as of this drop already <laughs> just to, to get the, the game to run for a lot of folks. Um, compounding that issue was there was a little whoopsie that... Folks that bought Blood Bowl 3 received the wrong version of the game. So oh, no. if I bought the core game on Steam, I got the, quote, Brutal Edition, which bundles extra cosmetics and bonus in-game currency. So the guy that paid double got the same thing that I got <laughs> supposedly for the core and those players are crying foul because there is a internal currency right for cosmetics and other stuff right and uh they obviously want to be on i guess a higher ground so to speak and <laughs> they they just they just got destroyed um oh that's insane the biggest thing is, you know, the concerns for pay to win, especially since there are competitive and even financially staked Blood Bowl games. <laughs> the the community's a little little out there. Um, yeah, that's a that's a talk about a rabid fan base. They uh, you know, are worried about the monetization and Cyanide says that quote, they believe their system is fair, rewarding and optional. And that they intend to implement features to, quote, allow players to be rewarded either with cosmetic items or warp stone, which is their currency, through play hmm. as well as purchase. Now, 
I've played enough, quote, free-to-play games. <laughs> Me too. That I know that, yes, I can earn in-game currency just like the subscribers get or just like the higher tiers get or just like the people that pay it get. But I will earn 10 of whatever it is and they'll have like 3,000. <laughs> and my 10 is going to take me like six weeks to earn those 10 whatevers. Right. So it's it's just a big, big mess. Uh, I don't know how they can steer out of this outside of abandoning the microtransactions altogether. Traditionally, as a model, you know, we know that you know, microtransactions only favor people who can pay to play. And even if you can pay to play, are you going to do it? I lean away from microtransactions. Look, if I need to spend five bucks to play a game or to more efficiently play a game, that ain't going to make or break me. It's not life-changing money. I It just doesn't feel right, and I don't want to play that sort of game. I don't know. Uh, not a good look, but that's the news. We'll end on Blood Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> one, one bloody wrap-up, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. <sighs> I'm tired, Bert. Let's talk about something fun. Snacks. This okay. was you, you were talking to me. You said, I want to talk about snacks and gaming, but I don't know if anybody wants to hear it. And I'm like, of course. Every time we talk about food, people talk about us talking about food. <laughs> well, we, I mean, we're... We're not small people, and we like to eat, so we talk about food quite often, just not on the podcast. Right. We shout out to our fans that are not in the States. Every time we talk about food, inevitably tweets or emails come in that are like, hey, I really like when you guys talk about food, but like, I have no idea what X, Y, or Z is. <laughs> uh, the Choco Taco was a quandary to some of our European friends. We love you, our European friends. <laughs> but if you haven't had a Choco Taco, you're never going to have one now, and you're going to be sad. <laughs> have you ever had European snacks? Ten out of nine out of ten Americans wouldn't know a European snack if you put it right in front of them. So oh. I can see why they'd be confused. I am still a sucker for a legitimately imported dark chocolate Mars bar. Oh, from England. Yes. Oh, yes. Their Mars bars are ten times better than American ones. Oh, so good, so good. All right, so so talk to me about these snacks while I get a sip and try to save what's left of my voice. Fair enough. So, you know, uh, when it comes to gaming, you know, when we have a game day, everybody tries to bring something. You know me. I'm the king of snacks. I bring snacks to every game day I'm invited to, and they're for everyone. Devil cookies. Ah, uh, yes, the devil cookies that you love so much <laughs> or, or hate me for bringing. Yes, yes, Bert, plunderer of wastelines. Yes, I know. I've heard them all. Anyway, when I wanted to talk to you a little bit about you know, when you're planning snacks for a game day, you know, how do you plan what you're going to put on the table? Because obviously you're not going to like every snack doesn't fit every game. You know what I mean? I do. I do. And it's <clears throat> this is going to sound terrible, but with our current time slot for our group, mm -hmm. I've really steered away from the snacks just because we start later um, back in the day when we used to run like 
all day Saturday. It was right. just a given that we were going to order some food, right? Right. Now we're starting well after the dinner hour. So I pretty much make sure that I usually have beverages of some sort stocked in the fridge in the game room so that everybody can have something cold. And that's that's the limit that, that I have. Is, is that a cop-out? Is that me being an old man and giving up? No, no, and I don't think that's it. I don't think that's it at all. Considering that we're using your game space, I think it falls on the other players to provide snacks. You provide an environment for the games and cold beverages, and that's your contribution. And I think that's more than fair. You know, when I'm trying to plan uh, snacks, I try to think about what we're doing because, um, you know, if we're playing, you know, a card game, for example, you know, a deck builder or something like that, the last thing you want is everybody's fingers being greasy going all over the cards. You know what I mean? I want no greasy snacks, period. I I have I have a board game that I cry every time we play because there is a greasy thumbprint on it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and 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 like you, like you said, you know, you don't want those greasy snacks and I I think about that when I bring snacks to game day as far as the things that I bring. You know, I want snacks that are you know not going to leave a mess and not going to be you know, like that. But a lot of people, their first choice is to get, run for the ch chips. You know what I mean? They're easy to find. They're easy to transport. And they're, you know, e easy to eat. But greasy fingers mark up all your games. They do. They do. Um, so what is the go? I, like, I know what you bring, right? And I, sure. eat, I eat what you bring. Um, what is your sort of go-to for a group that's pretty benign and not going to irritate a anybody at the table normally i'll go for if i'm looking for a salty snack i'll go for something that's you know low grease factor like snack crackers or pretzels ah uh, yes good choices and i i lean towards the the crackers only because the new trend in pretzels are these super like crazy flavor blasted pretzels and, and then you wind up with cheesy fingers. Right. Yeah. You've got Cheeto fingers. Right. Right. But yeah, so I'll go with pretzels or salty. If I want something sweet, um, I'll normally go with something that's, you know, like a, uh, like, like a, like a cookie, but not one that's, you know, overly greasy or going to leave like chocolate thumbprints everywhere and <laughs> things like that. Except for devil cookies. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you and those chocolate peanut butter cookies that you love so much. I, I pretty much only bring them because you love them. <laughs> um, pizza's kind of a no-no unless you're taking a break. That, that's kind right. of, that's where, where I'm at. Um, right. And, and any fast food really falls in that category. You can't put out, like, fried chicken or burgers or anything like that on a game night. You can, um, but you have to have a dedicated feeding space and a dedicated gaming space. Agreed. And, and I think that's the, the big thing. So if we were to pull an all-day marathon, how do we tackle the food? Well, I mean, there's a, there's a couple of things that you could do. Um, you know, when it comes to, you know, uh, like if we're going to do it all day, like start early in the morning, something like bagels over donuts would probably be, you know, would probably be a, a safer option. Um, but a more disappointing know. option. True. I mean, donuts are a favorite. 
Um, normally when I host an all day game day, I'll normally put out something for breakfast before we set up the game table. So we'll all have like snacks or coffee or whatever. Then we'll clean up and set up the game table. I'll put out a few, you know, pretzels or snack crackers and maybe throw something in the crock pot that we're going to eat later. Like when we take a break. Sounds good. Sounds like a, a plan. Uh, pretty much you can't go wrong with food <laughs> at at the game table, but you can go with the wrong type of food. And uh, I guess I'm all for segregation in that, in that situation, right? Keep it separate, keep it different and make sure that this, this sounds so type a, and I'm not type a, but make sure that the expectations are clear. Look, we're not eating while the game is out. We're not eating while we're playing something. Now, this can be different for a board and a card game versus a tabletop role-playing game, right? I don't right. care. I mean, if somebody's trashing their own stuff, you know, you eat whatever you want at the game table. If you're if you're using your book, your character sheet, your dice, you know, it's yours to mess up. Right, right, yeah. If you want, you know hot sausage drippings on your character sheet that's on you but also don't have fucking pigs at your table man. <laughs> there is that oh. there is that oh yeah pigs or you know people who spill you know we had one guy we actually banned a guy from a gaming group when i was in high school because he spilled too much he ruined other players like books and things like that knocking sodas over when he got animated Right, and imagine if you have a nice game table with a vault and a neoprene surface, and uh, food does no. not mix, right? No, no, not not with that kind of table, no. So, what would be your snack of choice? If you showed up, you didn't bring it, but someone else did, what makes you a happy gamer? What's Give me uh, a, a crunchy... And a beverage. Okay. I mean, for beverages, I'm a pretty simple guy. I'll drink pretty much anything. We've had alcoholic game days, non-alcoholic game days. I'm the first guy, you know, this is my favorite drink in the world. Okay, I'll give it a shot. I normally will get by with a, you know, a regular soda, Coke or a ginger ale. But if you've got something you want me to try, you know, we've sat around the gaming table drinking Malort. So I'll drink anything. But, uh. As far as uh, crunchy snacks, I tend to favor, you know, if somebody made something for game day, I'm always going to try that. You know, they you know, they made them specifically for us. I'm always going to give that a go. Otherwise, I'm normally ha happy with a handful of pretzels. There you go. There you go. I think uh, for me, for a beverage, the older I get, like, not that I won't have a beer every now and then when we're playing. Sure. Um, but I am just as happy with like a sports drink, Gatorade, that sort of thing. Okay. And, um, snacks. Hmm. What do I want to eat? I, I am, <laughs> I, I, I am a fan of, uh, if, if I'm looking for salty, I agree with you. Something like a, a cheese cracker, right? Right. Okay. Uh, and if I want sweet, um, I'm 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 a good old fashioned chocolate chip cookie kind of guy, so we'll 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 leave it at that. So now you know 
when you come to the Nerd Cognito table exactly what to bring us. The <laughs> gods will favor you, and you might get an extra re-roll here and there. No, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean, you're an equal to- opportunity TPK guy. <laughs> uh, uh, we haven't had one of those for, gosh. It's been a couple of years. More than that. More than that. It's been a while. It's been a real long while because people aren't stupid anymore. You know? <laughs> I almost ran into it with my Pathfinder game. We almost had a TPK uh, at the table when I was playing my Pathfinder game. Running um, is always a viable option. Right, right. Well, what it what it is is we, you know, the uh, – and the guy was running it, gave us a fair shake. He, he warned us, like, we were, we're playing a um, – a pre-generated campaign setting and it comes in chapters. Um, so we actually went to the chapter end before we finished the middle. Well, part of that is also the responsibility of the GM to make sure things move a- as intended. So um, you don't want to ever railroad, but you can certainly manipulate the illusion of choice. So <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, speaking of choice, we want to remind you that we know that it is a choice for you to listen to us, and we sincerely appreciate each and every one of our listeners. If you haven't already done so, go to nerdcognito.com or go to the podcast provider of your choice and make sure that you are subscribed to Nerd Cognito. That will make sure that every week you get the latest episode automatically delivered to your device. Also, while you're there, hey, throw us a five-star, because that's the correct number of stars review. Um, We certainly appreciate that and help us counter some of those Sparkle Troll reviews, which always pop up. We laugh at them, but, you know, (laughs) we want to start to game the algorithm ourselves, too, so toss us those five-star reviews. Uh, Also, be sure to follow Nerd Cognito on the Twitter machine at Nerd Cognito, and you can follow me at I Hate Ryan David. You can't follow Bert because he's smart and he's not on Twitter. So, <laughs> uh, I think that's about all we got for this week, Bert. He um, made me hungry, but I, I don't know if I'm going to eat or pass out. So, I think it's time for us to to wind this down. All right, fair enough, my friend. Yeah, we uh, we do appreciate everybody tuning in uh, this and every week. Well, then, I don't want to go into any big fancy closing here. I want to take a moment and thank everybody for tuning in and remind you that, hey, you know where to find us. Uh, we will talk at you next week. Be safe out there, everybody. <laughs>